meeting is being recorded. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back, welcome back. This is Shua Legra, founder of Grace New Hope Consulting, uh, where we empower people to achieve mental and emotional wellness, reach their full potential and live fulfilling lives. And today I have Patty with me. Welcome, Patty. Thank you, True. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for being here. So we are talking about resilience, pretty much everything we do here. And I'm sure people have watched and listened to these uh, interviews I've been doing, you know, heard this before, but everything we do here evolves around resilience. And this year we're inviting new friends to the conversation uh, for them to share about, you know, who they are, what they do and their stories, their own personal stories and how all of that relates to resilience so that the rest of us can glean from the wisdom that we can find tools and strategies to help us on our own journeys um, to achieving and maintaining uh, not just wellness, but resilience in the process. So Patty, could you mind just sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. Um, and I want to start out by saying resilience is such a great topic because I think people think that you were either born with resilience or you're not. And that is not the case. It is definitely like any other skill that it can be cultivated. So even if it's you're not your natural go-to, you should never give up hope. Like you can always learn to be more resilient. Um, and I would say my story is, so I had battled my weight for many, many years. I would gain and lose big amounts of weight every two years, like 50 to 75 pounds every two years. And, you know, this was my constant challenge and I was trying to address it. And um, ultimately I sought out a therapist to help me with my weight. And it was only by working with her that she said, you know what, your weight is not the issue. The issue is my history of childhood sexual abuse that I never addressed, I never dealt with, I never thought about, I never shared with my friends, I just never, it was just that part of my life that was tamped down and not dealt with. But you know, when you don't deal with things, it bubbles out in other ways. And for me, it was my weight. And so um, it was through her that I started working on this kind of therapy called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing, it sounds long and hard, but it's really effective because what it does is it kind of, let's say trauma, any trauma is like your thoughts and feelings are on a, a track and trauma blows up the path that the track, uh, that, that your thoughts and feelings are on. So it becomes just these fragments and these things that are not suddenly cohesive and fit together. So it's like, you're not addressing what things are because they're not necessarily apparent to you because they don't fit in some kind of a, like a synchronized order. So EMDR really kind of gets into not only your thoughts, but also your feelings. So it really taps into what do you feel in your body? Because for me, I repressed everything for so long that it's not like I could say, well, I have this thought or that thought, or this is what bothers me. I never thought about it. Like from, you know, so for me, it was much easier to learn how to tap into what I felt in my body, which was anxiety, fear, you know, anger, all of these different things that she was helping me to be able to put together. And ultimately I was able to identify my emotions, which I also couldn't do. I didn't like to feel anything. Feelings are painful, feelings can be scary. Um, so that was very helpful. And then as we continued, honestly, the weight was the easiest thing to manage. It, it really was, which is not to say I still didn't torment myself about the way I looked or what I was eating, but it really was something very tangible. You can diet or not, you can exercise or not, you can be mindful or not. Um, whereas dealing with the trauma in my life was, was much harder. Um, 
And after I started working with her, we made great progress. But really the goal of me losing weight was that I wanted to open myself to love. I had led a very monastic existence and I, I wanted to find a partner and I was seemingly incapable of it. So I worked with my therapist for several years. And then we started looking at alternative therapies because we thought I was stuck. And what I was stuck around was not apparent to me. And over the course of 12 years, I worked with this therapist in EMDR. I went to a chiropractor because there's a field of chiropractic that's called network chiropractic. That is all about basically what's trapped in your body. So it's like fight or flight is the response that we all have to scary situations or what have you. And when you're kind of trapped in a bad situation, you hold it all in your body. Like it's just imprisoned in there. So it was like trying to help me let go of all that nervous energy in my body. From there, I also saw a sex therapist um, to figure out what the issue was about, you know, my basic attitudes towards sex. And then finally group therapy for sex abuse. And I, and I don't want anybody to lose hope. I think that because I had repressed everything for so long and just never dealt with it. And, and I was so seemingly unable to make traction on my one goal, which was to find love. I really tried everything. The more I was in therapy, the more open I became and also the more desperate I became. So the more I was willing to try anything. And I think this all ties into resilience because sometimes you just have to keep moving forward, even though you've tried everything and you have to accept the situation for what it is. Life isn't always fair. It's not always easy. Being resilient to me, in my mind, is really being able to acknowledge where you're at and do everything in your power to try and achieve the outcome you want. And that means getting up over and over and over again and really just never giving up. Oh, I can't hear you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I you know, I, I believe based you know, both personally and professionally, you know, this kind of uh, pull up all this knowledge that we often, you know, get stuck, get you say about that being trapped in time. It's not just for sexual trauma, it's any trauma, right? Anything that, you know, so devastating emotionally that it just, you know, feels uh, overpowering, you know, then it literally overpowers our psyche, right? And then it's like, that's why sometimes you find someone who's been in, you know, in a car accident when maybe sometime as a child that, you know, there might be an adult, but part of the development got kind of got stuck in that time um, because that's just how trauma impacts the brain. And we go for life now realizing that parts of us, you know, and that's another, you know, probably heard of all of that's for therapy too, but you know, parts of us get trapped in different times, you know, um, different years per se, you know, if you look at you know, chronologically, you know, in your life, but also parts of our physical parts of us then gets you no know, trapped also in the pain of what we experience, right? And, and it's good to seek, you know, traditional um, you know, therapeutic approaches. And that's you know, really good because you know, EMDR is, you know, it's known as, you know, um, one of the gold standards, if you want, of treating trauma. Um, but there's also, like you say, a lot of alternative um, options that people are finding now are, you know, very effective as well you know sometimes in addition to traditional therapy sometimes just in the absence even of charging therapy there you know there's a lot of research now you can google this for yourself but 
you know, things even like um, you, you mentioned, like you know, with uh, seeing a chiropractor, where they could actually help release some of the tension, you know, in different parts of your body. And massage therapy also does that. And there are again people who are being trained now, you know, to um, help others release release the um, trauma for your body because it gets trapped to and it trapped that way. And you'll find there's a whole book about um, the body keeps the score. Uh, yeah, you know, talks a lot about that. And now there's even a workbook. So actually, some of the things that I go with, I go through with some of my clients, like, oh, that book is very thick and very, very technical, you know. But uh-huh. then the workbook it gives you summary, and then um, for each chapter, and then questions to reflect and process. So like with my clients, we even just do the workbook, and that's been very effective as well. So anyway, you find that you know the parts of the, again trauma gets trapped in your body. Then the more you start healing, massaging those pressure points why are you releasing some of that tension um and so they can actually still leaving your body so it's good to kind of do this you no know, art therapy you no know, you no know, creative art in, in general um also very also very therapeutic so thanks for kind of just bringing that and i wanted to just share that it also in addition so people start exploring if you're trying one thing you know for traumatic you know to resolve trauma and you're finding oh this is not been doing this for quite some time and I'm not getting the results and that's still like it's not working sometimes it's just not as effective or you know um it's taking longer than you want to you know start exploring you know talk to your providers talk to you know whoever's supporting you like hey you know I want to start discussing alternatives you know what are other options other things that I you know can help me heal um so anyway thanks for bringing that then I wanted to just go back um when like you also said, when we don't deal with things, right? It it, it it doesn't go away. And many of us, whether it's you know sexual trauma or anything else, it's like, well, we think out of out of sight, out of mind, right? That was back then and this is now. Well, it's good to say that was back then, this is now when you are on that therapeutic journey to healing, not when you're trying to avoid it, right? So when you're avoiding it, you know, saying this was then and this is now. It just you know, kind of stores it again, and you know, yes, in your memory, yes, in your body, and then it starts sneaking up in places and times that you have no idea, you know. Okay. And you're just like, what, you know, what in the world is this, you know? And and it, it, sometimes it's just trauma. And there's actually a story. I'm not going to mention the name. You probably those who are you know listening might have heard this. Um, was a um, provost for a huge university, very successful man, and. Um, he didn't even realize that he been through trauma and was doing well, like honestly, at the height of his career and find himself one day still calling a lot of uh, child care centers and asking if the kids there have been, been abused or the kids there are safe. And people like that was really weird. Like, why would you call here to check that? Right. First, it was like, okay, are you the police? So like, if you, if you were, you know, if you child, you know, it was children's services, you'd be asking for, you know, coming in person or asking for some for a specific person like a specific case right specific well a situation now like you know something like a blanket statement asking about everyone and then he's talking you know, and then some people just you know something like oh my goodness this is really weird you know this person is not well and they'll you know they'll hang up and then he start calling and calling different places and even realizing here this was part of his trauma coming up literally i believe he was like in his mid-50s so i've lived all these years and then it wasn't until, you know, we started getting help and finding out that there were the suppressed memories that he never dealt with, that when he was, um, I, I believe, nine, ten, I think it was before 12, but to, to a child, definitely, um, 
that his mom used to, my mom one day I guess again yeah, not very healthy you know and you know actually invited him in bed when she was with her partner and then that just messed up with this child with this person and and rightfully so that's just you can't imagine right and so but again I'm sharing the story said like it was suppressed for all these years he was doing well in the side of the world it all was well that was going on it was successful but eternally those things sneak up on us right so what was if I guess for you like you said too um they're not going to give it back to you how you said you were working on one thing you know like you no know, I wanted to find a partner and then it was working with the weight and then realizing that trauma was you know blocking all these uh, goals if you want I um again one more thing like I just you share so much in such a short time it's like you know <laughs> soaking it all up and you also mentioned that when you started dealing with the trauma then losing the weight was not even an issue. There's a lot of research that shows that those of us who've been, been um, sexually abused tend to have weight, no, weight issues, you know? Oh, sometimes it's because we, right, we reach out to things to numb the pain and never realizing it, but there's so, 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 so many other, you know, peripheral, if you want, of, of challenges that come, but come with that. So at what point, I guess, for you, when you realize, oh, I was maybe um I'm, for lack of a better term like kind of chasing the wrong goal if that makes sense uh, it it does um and i would say i always knew about the history my history it's not like it was repressed in that way i always knew it was there i just never dealt with Definitely. it and you know it's interesting too that ultimately i went to group therapy which i had resisted tooth and nail i did not want to do that but i was out of options and over the years i changed i mean that's the beauty of getting to know yourself and understand your own motivations and actions um and it was interesting that when i was in group i was raised in a pseudo normal household in that nobody talked about the sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. We all knew it was there, but nobody talked about it. Whereas the other people in my group, it became like the point that fractured all their families. Like it was absolutely the bomb that went off. Whereas in my family, it wasn't. We just kind of coexisted around it. And so it really was just never dealt with. Um, so when I, I had actually been in therapy once before in my twenties and, um, Again, I had different issues. I had issues with men. I had issues with my job. I had issues with my weight, obviously. And we never talked about the sexual abuse. Never. Mm -hmm. never. Because I was so unhappy in my day-to-day -day that it was all I could do to get through it. Yeah. And that was how she was helpful for me. And then it was only really when I was in my mid to late 30s that I was like, you know what? The weight issue is just never going to be resolved on its own. And it's exhausting to deal with it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it was all I thought about, like, how do I look? How do I feel? How, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to be seen. It, you know, it was just took up too much energy. Um, so it was when I went to her and again, it was fascinating because, she, you know, when you find a therapist that you're working with, you know, they'll ask you about, you know, your history. So it comes out and she was immediately like, Ooh, yeah, no, this, this is where we need to focus. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, even as it was for, for years and, you know, we're, we're actually still in touch, you know, she would always say to me, let's not just, cause I would always talk about my weight. I would always talk about what I was eating. I would, 
and you know she would be like we can talk about that for a bit but let's let's get back to the other issues because it is a distraction in many ways um i do want to say though a couple of really important things i think from my perspective fit matters if you don't like your therapist if you don't feel comfortable it yeah. is yeah. not going to yeah. work for you and mm -hmm. i tried four different therapists before i found the one that was a good fit mm -hmm. for me that's fit resilience in itself fit. it's okay to keep finding the right fit so yeah so that it, you can have the right you know, Synchrony if you want to, to, to move forward, yes. Yeah, like you have to go with your gut instinct because, you know, to be successful in therapy, you need to be able to entrust your therapist with the most fragile pieces of you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that trust, I just don't think you'll get out of it what you hope to. Um, at least that was, that was my inclination. And I'm so glad that I kept going until I found the person I wanted. It's hard, but again, it's all about resilience and resilience is picking yourself up and keep moving forward. Um, and then the other thing I would say too, is that I am very much, uh, when are things going to be done? I'm very pragmatic. I'm very mm -hmm. planned. So like, when am I going to be fixed? When am I going to be cured? And she was like, I, I don't know. I, you know, like there is no answer. And one of the things that I think bothered me, but is helpful at the same time is you can only do what you're ready for. Yes. So yeah. if you're not at the place where you can really commit yourself or devote yourself to like trying to find the answers for you, or maybe it's going to be slower than you hoped. And believe me, when I tell you mine was much slower than I mm -hmm. had ever imagined, but you know what? It's not a zero sum game. It's you, every day I got happier every day. I made progress. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as it's two steps forward, one step back, that's a victory. Yeah. Yeah, and that alone, it's resilience itself, right? I, I, yeah, I was going to pull a few things you mentioned there. So keep, the child, you know, keep finding the right help, right? Whether yeah. it's in the practitioner that you're working with, whether it's in the modality, you know, in the, you know, the theory they're using, the approach they're taking, um, that don't give up even that. It's like, I tried this, I tried it, it didn't work. Well, maybe you didn't try the other things either, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what you said also about progress, you know, often I say it's progress over perfection, Right. And yeah. so focusing on like the little tiny bit, the little, you know, the small steps that you're making now, you know, are still leading you in the right direction. Even when you're like, why are we not there yet? Healing is not linear. Some days you're like, I'm making progress. I'm going forward. Some you're like, oh my goodness, you know, feel like, you know, just no backslid per se. Right. But growth is not linear. Healing is not linear. Recovery is not linear. As long as you're not giving up and moving forward and giving this thing, I'm going to try again. Because you you are worth it. You are worth the work to help you overcome. Worth the work to you know, build that resilience. And even as you're doing that, resistance is something that one you need to have in order to move forward. But it's also something you gain as you're moving forward. You know. So exactly. the more you do, the more you push through. The more you're becoming resilient. So you know, thanks for sharing those sharing those you know, those nuggets of wisdom there. Uh, and, and so where, where can people find you? I know this, you know, this is a conversation that, you know, even as I'm talking, I'm like, I wish you had more time to just kind of you know, keep you <laughs> massaging it, like we often say in my world. Um, but yeah, where can people find you? So I have a website, it's pattycabot.com. So it's P-A-T-T-Y-C-A-B-O-T.com. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, my weight was where it all started. And I feel like as you rightly said, weight is a very common symptom of sexual abuse, but not just sexual abuse, all kinds of trauma, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. it's something we can control. We can control what we're eating. We can control what we're mm -hmm. doing to our bodies. So I, I think it's very common. So 
I, my website is really about the intersection of sexual abuse and eating disorders because I mm. feel like that mm. connection is just not really out there enough for how prevalent yeah. it is. Yeah. But I do actually write about um, all the therapies I've tried. So group therapy, sex therapy, EMDR, and chiropractic mm. care. And I have a blog that you can find on the site. Um, and then I also am on Instagram um, and that's patty.cabot at instagram.com or however that's, I don't even know what the URL is for that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm out there, I'm out there. Um, and I am also working on a memoir. So, Beautiful. um, and not to be a spoiler, but at the end of everything, I did finally find, I'm not going to say it's still there, but I did find the love that I was looking for. So, you know. I mean, it, it was the one goal that kept me going and it's a worthy goal, you know, to be able to be able to share and be open. And, you know, it is interesting that um, as closed as I used to be, the more open I become, there is actually great comfort in being able to share mm -hmm. how you feel. And I think yeah, that is yeah. part of what makes us resilient is we feel less alone. Yeah. And yeah. whether that's God, a higher power, your friends, your family, whatever it might be, being able to share and open up your heart helps. Yes. Yes. That, that, I think that's a really, you know, good place to land there. You know, be able to share and open up your heart. That's why we have this conversation. That's why many of us, <laughs> you know, are writing and sharing the stories too, so that those stories outlive us and give hope to someone else. So thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Patty. Thanks for being here today. And uh, wish you well for everyone listening. Know that, you know, you are worth the work that it takes to heal. And those goals you're pursuing are worth the pursuit. Um, just like she said, keep putting one foot, in, one foot in front of another. Like, don't just don't give up. Keep pushing for picking up yourself and, and trying again and again. And you are not alone. Thank you. You're not alone. Thank you.